0: I'm big on traditions, I, I do, I, I, uh, I put my own little twist to it here and there so the ball dropping. You're in my home, come 12 o'clock we're watching the TV, we're, we're hooked on Times Square, we're counting down when our ball drops. Uh, traditions are cool, you can look forward to them. There's a tradition in Michigan, um, it's over in what they call the Port Huron Float Down. And it's where about 6,000 people come together uh, and they float. They float down the St. Clair River. Now, usually, things go as planned. They start Michigan, and they end in Michigan. The picture you're looking at, last year, they started in Michigan, and 30-mile-an-hour-plus winds came, and they wound up in Canada somewhere. Right? (laughs) Right? And they had to be escorted over back into the American, you know, back over into America. So, you know, they intended to go one place, they ended up in another. That's what the message today is about. That's why I decided to pause and talk to you today before we jump into a new series. Um, I have an idea about who's here on a January 1st morning. And that is that, you know, as a church, I want us to stick to what God's called us to do in this coming year, 2017. It's going to be an incredible year. It's going to be the best year we've ever had together, right? It is. I can feel it. But I want us to hold to what's most important. to us. I want us to revisit why we exist. So if you're a guest here, you know, I'm glad you're here. You'll know this is what is so important to us, and we really mean it. Meaning we're ferocious about this, some of the stuff I'm going to put out there. It's basic, it's simple, but we we go to the mat for it, if you're a guest. So you know what we're about. If you're somebody who's, you know, you're here for different reasons, meaning you're you're not into the God thing or you're kind of wishy-washy about it or whatever, that's okay. And maybe you're like that because you haven't been impressed by churches. You haven't been impressed by Christians. You know, the whole thing is kind of fuzzy to you. Well, one of the reasons why it hasn't impressed you is because, here's my assertion, they didn't stick to this plan. Because if a church sticks to this plan, they're going to be healthy, they're going to be vibrant, it's going to be exciting, yeah. lives are going to be changed, right? Yeah. If they do that. So maybe maybe it'll maybe move you a little bit forward in understanding what the church of Jesus Christ was supposed to be about the whole time. Now, see, Christ gave us, Jesus gave us directions. He turned to his apostles, his followers, and he gave them directions on what the church should be in the direction it should go in. there were clear directions. We find them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And these are Jesus' words to his apostles. And I know. Right now we're talking about it's New Year's. You know, you're thinking about, you know, I I want to I want to change. I want I want to be different this year. We we get that, right? It's our culture. It's New Year's. We're going to change. <laughs> you're not going to change. I don't, I do a poor Archie Bunker uh, into. I don't have enough strength or spit in my mouth to do that well. Good for you, right? <laughs> All right, that was rude. I I, don't, I have a list of things I was gonna stop doing. One of them was saying inappropriate things up here and saying to so, vote. Okay, so we'll start that next week. Okay, let me say that in a more intelligent way. Um, okay, so you uh do you ever break something and you have crazy glue in your house, All right, and you and you and you get whatever you broke. You you're like, okay, I fix. I can make this better. I can fix this. And you go and you get the crazy glue, and then you read the instruction It says, all right, apply the glue and hold it for 60 seconds. So I'm done, that's it. I can't do it. I can't sit there for 60 stinking seconds and hold the thing together. You know? Lloyd, my father can sit there for 60 days and hold it together. I can't sit there for 60 seconds. And the reason why they tell you that we, we, we need some time for this stuff to stick together for it to adhere. I know you want to change, many of you. I, I, I never want to stop changing. By the way, it's part of who we are as believers, to continually press on, to grow, to continually be more like God, less like us, to change, to change, to change, right? But what I'm going to bring you here today, it's the glue, man. It's the glue. If you adopt this, if you commit to this, if you get the two parts, because it's a two-part sermon, it's what's going to enable you to take those thoughts of change that are in your mind and actually see them stick. This is the glue that does it. And I, maybe I'll get back to that. So, again, I just, I just appreciate you tuning in here. So let's break down what Christ said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19-20. through 20. And it's also called the Great Commission. Just, it's worth to say that because I know a lot of people affectionately know these words of Christ as his Great Commission to his church. Now, Jesus is telling them to go and make disciples. It's the first thing he tells them. And that means he's telling the church then and now to preach the gospel, the good news that there is peace with God through forgiveness of our sins. It's our message. It's a great message. And that Jesus and Jesus alone can offer the forgiveness of those sins. And that people who are apart from God, who God is, they're indifferent to God, they can be in a position to know God, meaning to consider him, to be aware of him, to talk to him, and to know that they will have an eternity with him, and that means something to them. It floats their boat, as I say. When people accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they and they now become a disciple, they follow Jesus. And this is the focus of our church. This is why we exist. I said it from the first time I stood up here. I say it today. It will always be our focus that people who are apart from God will come to know God. I will always hang my hat on that one, right? Everything we do, we'll be crazy about that. And I believe that when we started, I said, Christy, man, it's just not happening. We got to really be intent about that. And I'll say this humbly. I'm going to say this humbly. I'm going to sound arrogant, so I'm going to be humble and arrogant at the same time, okay? I'm really not changing much. <laughs> this is the Greater Gardner region. If you take up all the towns that make up the Greater Gardner region, if you took up all the churches and said, okay, here are all those churches. I thank, I, I pray for them. I hope the best for them. Uh, my heart goes out to them. And if you were to take all the number of people in the last five years that have come to know Christ, it would not equal the people that have come to know Christ here at Church City Community Church. To God be the glory, right? right. Now, why? Because I'm a better preacher? I'm not. Because we have more money? We don't. Although you're great givers. Because we have better facilities? We meet in a stinking movie theater, man. Now, come on. How did that happen? It happened because we are ferocious about this right here. We exist to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, right? More than, and, and nothing interferes with that. So, second, Jesus tells them to, once somebody comes to faith, he wants them to be baptized. He gives them this, this example, meaning he wants them to be baptized in water. We call it our fall, we call it our splashes, our summer splash, our spring splash, our fall splash, right? He wants them to now publicly act out on the outside what's happened on the inside. They've had this experience with God. It's changing them. It's affecting them the way they think, the way they feel, the way they ponder life, the future, the past. And now he wants, he says, go and share that publicly with the community of people. Because that's how now you're going to live this out. Begin this road now. Do something publicly that's going to profess everything that's going on inside of you, and begin now to join with the people in your community as you go forward in this incredible journey. Huh? And and, it's, and and the illustration is incredible. I I, I never forget, I was baptized about seventeen years old, and and it was just such a meaningful time to me. It was just such a I tack back to it, you know, the way I thought it would happen that day, and I left the faith, you know, several months after that. And I left just leaving the faith I, I like blasted out of the faith but I remember that moment because the way no no other religion no other faith gives anything like it to, to those who fo- who follow it it says here's this pool or whatever, water, you're going to go down underneath. When you go down underneath into this water, when you are submerged in water, it's a grave. It's a grave where you're going to bury your regrets. You're going to b- bury your past. You're going to bury your, the hurts, the offenses, the way you think, the offenses you hold. You're going to bury that. I mean, it's not going to have the hold on you that it does. It's not going to have the effect it does. It's beginning now to be minimized, maybe to be totally extracted from your life anymore. That's the past, huh? It's beautiful. And then you're going to what? You're going to be resurrected. Man, there's nothing weak about being resurrected, right? People say, oh, you're a fanatic. I am a fanatic. You know why? Because I was resurrected. You know? I don't want to be balanced about being resurrected. I don't want to be tempered and reasonable and logical about being resurrected. There's nothing logical, reasonable about being that, huh? I was resurrected, man. We were resurrected for what? For new life. To live a new life. To never, what? For us? No, for others. How great is that? What other way of life speaks to that? We're putting aside the past. We're moving forward to the future and for the sake of others that they might know what we know to be right with God. To have this ability to take off these things that burden us and, and to be driven by fear, to be driven by fear in life. No, we're coming up resurrected, new life, new way of thinking, new way of living for others for the sake of Jesus Christ. Huh? That's baptism. That's the next step. We want to be, we want to look at that. Are people being baptized? We, we want to look at people like, you know, man that you could be baptized someday. We want to see them baptized. We want you baptized in this church. That's how we measure, you know? So like when the Yankees win, if you're a Yankee fan, I know there's many of you are, we measure things by World Series. That's all we want to know is World Series. I know they're talking great farm system. That'll last about another two more months. Where the heck's the World Series, man, right? We measure things, baptism. Are people being baptized, huh? And then last, Jesus, the third thing he told them was to teach them what I've taught you. Teach them everything I've taught you. Teach them everything I've commanded you so that they will mature, they will grow. Huh? And we do that here. We want to do that. We do that on Sunday mornings when we're teaching. Sure, we make sure it's very relevant to people coming in. But then really a lot of that goes on predominantly in what we call our life groups. Because there are certain things you can communicate in certain ways in circles that you can't do in rows. And we want people to be able to come together with maybe four other people or eight or ten or twelve. It's usually that size. And just be able to ask questions, you know. I mean, you could ask a question right now. I'll ignore you, you know. Okay, you don't think that's funny? It's okay. It's okay to you take me serious on that one. Loretta, you can ask a question and I'll answer you, considering I've harassed you so much these last several weeks, all right. But life groups are important, and we do. It, we put a lot into that life group, so people can sit there, different topics of the faith. I mean, it's just you know, about church, about a book in the Bible, about something they're dealing with in life, and here's what the Bible says about that in an, a really interacting way and in a personal way. And then it can sit with other people, two or one, and talk about it and say how, and hear how it's, what's happening, how it's being applied in people's life. That's dynamic. That's awesome. That's what we do. We want to see people grow. So I've kind of given you a mouthful right there, to kick, that's like my opening. right? That's, and It doesn't mean it's going to be a long sermon. It's not. It should be on the shorter side, I think. But what I just told you is this. Here's what Jesus told us. Three things that he wants his church, us, to do. He wants us to make disciples. Help people get saved. He wants us to mock disciples. See those people who have decided to follow him now be baptized with water. And he wants us to mature disciples. Help people grow in Growing their faith in him by teaching them to learn and live out the word of God. That's what we want to live out the word of God. Don't do that. You know, when you you know, I I always pray, God, as these holidays come on and the people that you've brought into my care as a pastor, interact with their family. Let them not be jerks and imbeciles and selfish and I mean I can say this in my prayer, okay? Meaning let them not behave in a way that someone could, let them not be selfish and, 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 and let them behave in a way that's so glorifying to you. Let them be forgiving. Let them take the better way. Let them be helpful. Let them heal a relationship. Let them turn around and be, let them glorify you, God, yes? Huh? Let them live out what they've learned. You see, that's what this thing does here, this, what I'm giving you this morning. It helps you, the more you implement this, you push out your way, my way of doing it. That's why I had to get crazy about this stuff because I was so strong and controlling and dominating my life because I was so anxious and restless it, never had, it would never have a shot this Christian thing. But I began to buy into all this in different ways you know not as systematically as I'm giving to you but it's just how my life came about as I just kind of abandoned everything and just surrendered myself to God. It's what happens you dis- it displaces those things that are hindering you, that are tripping you up, you know, that you go a couple of steps forward and you wind up going backwards. And why? Because you just got too much of your way of doing things, your formula, your method, your way of thinking, and just getting in the way from allowing what God is starting you to grow and to, to keep going. This way this way of living, which I'll, I'll kind of, it, it's, it's so much about, you know, I, I was talking to Justin, we were revisiting this, and. You know, because he turned 17. Wow, Christmas Eve, man. I can't believe my boy turned 17 years old Christmas Eve, huh? And it uh, just went so fast. And uh, we're always looking at the clock, where we were at this time, and 10 o'clock, you know, because he gave birth, it's kind of fun, we do that. And it's where, you know, this is where Diane glared at me and hated me. And, and this is my mother-in-law. And this is where everybody didn't like me. And I was such a bad guy that night. I will tell you the story some other time. But I, was, I did the right thing, OK? So you have to know. Just, you know, and yes, there are times when firing your wife's doctor in the middle of that process is the right thing, right? I'm just going to hold to it after all these years. <laughs> so, uh, but one thing I talked to Justin about is, uh, as you're now transfer- you're going into what you're going to do with your life, pay attention to who you want to be, not so much what you want to do, Justin. Yes. Actually, I tell him, Justin, look, you want to get these three things, who you want to be, what you want to do and who you're going to do this all with for the rest of your life, right? I said, but pay a lot of attention to who. I said, who you want to be, Justin. Nobody gives a lot of attention to this. As I think about what school I'm going to go to, what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to be a teacher, a lawyer? Am I going to be a, an engineer? Who you going to be, man? Because that's what's really good. You got to wake up to who you're going to be. You got to go to sleep with who you're going to be. You got to talk to who you're going to be every single day, second of right. It's who you're going to be. I said, Justin, I want you to just dig deep. Who do you want to be as a a man? Who do you want to be as a person, Justin? Because then that will set you up to be in a better place to to make a good decision with what you're going to do and who you're going to do it with for the rest of your life, right? And you know what? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm giving you today. If you put this in place, not half-heartedly, not lukewarm, we want to win, man. Then it puts you in a place to really focus courageously, bravely on who you're gonna be, and God intended you to be someone incredibly special. That's not a it's just so true. He created you to be special. He created you to live your life that would just make a difference. Whether you got three more days left on this planet or whether you got another thirty years, I don't know. But He intended you to make a difference in this world. Yeah. All right, so I'm all over the place. Let's look at our time. All right, so here, second part of our sermon, ready? And we'll do this. So, how I'm going to give you three things that are going to help you align, you know, with 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 these make mark and mature disciples that are going to help us kind of that are going to facilitate us living out this great commission, this this direction Jesus has given us. You know, we could look at it as spiritual resolutions for the new year. Resolutions are a big deal. I'm not huge huge on them. People make what? Physical resolutions, you know, gonna lose a few pounds. My kids are just, just really getting on me about my little belly here. And it really is a little belly. It's not a big belly. Um, so, I might be knocking down 10, 15 pounds this year, I might actually be resolved to do that. People make financial resolutions. People resolve, hey, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to better my marriage, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to start doing that, I'm going to give this up, I'm going to take this on, I'm going to read this book. All good stuff, right? And again, I really think these resolutions I'm going to give you are going to be the structure, the fabric that help you see that all through. So three spiritual New Year resolutions worth making. One, it is about God. It is about this church. No bones about it. The first one is, I will help fill this church. Luke chapter, Jesus says in Luke 14, 23, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I believe Jesus existed. I believe he was the Son of God. I believe in his words. I want my house to be full. I want people that are out there to be in here. Yes? Yes. We want to do that, huh? If we want to honor Jesus in 2017, we want to invite our friends and our family, our neighbors, our coworkers to come in here so that God's house will be full and fuller and fuller. It's why we're doing what we're doing in that building. It's why we decided as a church to leave a really comfortable place in all that we were and stretch ourselves to get out into that building, huh? I want you to get this. Everything we do here, from the number of songs we sing and the, no- the amount of time we give to that, to the lent of the message, to how I dress, how even I talk, okay? What goes on out in the front with the different cafe stuff and food, it's all for your friends and for your family and for your coworkers who are not in church, that when they come in here they will relate, they will connect, they will feel welcomed, they will feel like they were expected, somebody expected them. It will be attractional to them, it will be attractive, and they will want to come back. Because if they don't come back, we lose. That's it. We want we win when they come back, huh? So there's so much thought. Every sermon is gone through. How is a person who doesn't know Jesus going to take that? I don't get political much up here. You know that it's so it's low hanging fruit. You know, you don't want that. I I, I think back. We, I think back when um when the, world, the tragedy of the World Trade Center has come, which was tragic for everybody. It really hit home to myself, me, and my brothers here today, and, and his wife, and they were all from New York, and, and uh, the Trade Centers are just always in your view and a significant building. And uh, so it kind of hit home with us. Of course, as you know, uh, a good friend of mine, as I said before, died. He's up on the 107th floor. So it hit home, um, and, you know, and I was actually preaching that Sunday in the church. I remember driving over the Throgsneck Neck Bridge and you could see the smoke just coming out of the ground across in a long distance, It's just horrifying. And, and the church was packed that Sunday. Matter of fact, many churches were packed. Across the country, many churches were packed. And it didn't matter if Hillary Clinton was president. It didn't matter if Donald Trump was president. It didn't matter if George Bush was president. It didn't matter who was president. Did you get that? Churches were packed. Because Donald Trump didn't make man and woman, neither did Hillary, neither did Bush, neither did Clinton. God did. And he knows how they tick. And they were made for something greater. And when and it's such a tragedy, it just, you know, it, it paused. People paused. They reflected. They begin to examine themselves. They begin to think about life because no other creature can do that. That's how God made us. I didn't see like all giraffes and gazelles and deers all coming together like, oh, whoa, whoa, you know. We did, because that's how God made us, and the church was a pact. But what happened? What happened? They weren't ready. Another arrogant statement, but I say they weren't ready. They weren't expecting anybody. Well, they had other more important things to say, like this was God's judgment. Well, I'm on a turning a new page, so I'm not going to comment on that. I really would like to, but it would be an inappropriate word. And other things to say, and if that was your opinion, then it's a good thing that I'm not going to say anything inappropriate this morning to <laughs> you. I mean, people were just coming in by the droves, looking for connection, looking to understand, looking for relationship. And, and they came and they went, because nobody was ready for them. Not nobody, most weren't ready for them. They had other agendas, or they just simply weren't ready. They just just not where they were, week to week. Meaning they weren't in line with the Great Commission, huh? Right? They had focused on those three things, and they hadn't decided, you know what, we exist to help fill this church, right, And everything we do. So know that, that we are continually examining ourselves to say, are we ready that when you go out there and invite somebody to come in here, that they're going to turn around and and we're going to do everything we can. That when they come in here, they're going to say, you know what, man, I was touched. I was moved. Hey, I related to that. Hey, I felt welcomed. Hey, this was good, right? And you know what? I believe that happens most of the time. All right, so let's, uh, let's jump. Oh, listen, this coming year, we will get out of here on time. Four weeks away from now, five weeks away from now, you know, when the Steelers play somebody in the NFC in the Super Bowl. Okay. We're going to have our Super Bowl Sunday. It's when we, we, the, whole, the whole Sunday here is dedicated to the Super Bowl. Ah, that's what we do. Right? The food, the atmosphere, what we're going to put up on the screen for 30 minutes, different football players talking about their lives. And, I mean, Trent Dillful last year. I mean, if you didn't believe in God, you walked out of here just blown away, right, by the guy's story. Just, just a human condition, who we are. It was so heartfelt. It was so sincere. It was so moving. We're gonna have stuff like that up on the screen. We're gonna wear our different jerseys, right? share. you had Eagles, you had Dolphins, you had Patriots, you had Steelers, you know? You had Bills, right? Okay. <coughs> All right, you know. Uh, but we we have a you know people have stuff on their eyes. We have a great time, and people and it's a great time to invite your friends and family because they walk in there, and they're like, "What the heck is this?" and before they know what happened before any objections or preconceptions about church and and who's this guy up there with this peculiar accent what the heck is he saying he's all oh. before they know what's going on they they get a sense of God or they hear something that connects to them this summer we do our god at the box office series yeah. where we take movies over the summer we pull out spiritual themes we're going to do a twist this year we're going to call it May the force be with you we're going to take the seven we're going to take all the star wars movies And we're going to turn around and extract the spiritual theme from each Star Wars movie. Kind of a blast. People in first impressions in the new building, we have put them up in Stormtrooper stuff, you know? When they come in. Jedi Knights. Knights. I just figured Iris could be an Ewok, right, you know? (coughs) She's not here, right? All right, good, good, good. She really would make a perfect Ewok, right? No, no, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say something about Puerto Ricans and Ewoks, but I shouldn't do that. (laughs) <laughs> so, <coughs> you get my point here, is that we really put so much into yep. them coming in here and saying, wow, you know, this, here, but all that, why? Because they're like, you know what, man, they were expecting me. They, yeah, they were ready for me, man. Yeah. They were expecting me. Yeah, they, they, this means a lot to these people. They're, they're looking to put on a production. We are, and we're going to put one on. Right, you know, when we go into the new building, it's like the Jurassic World thing, the last one, when they were doing the dinosaur, they were like, they want bigger, faster, <laughs> right? When we go into the new building, it's going to be louder and brighter and more lights and more enthusiasm and more excitement. I mean, that's what we want, right? And more people will come to know Christ. And I'm totally all okay with that. And more lives will be changed. Okay, so let's move on. So join us this year in fulfilling Christ's words and seeing his church filled up, right now in your heart, in your mind, commit, think, who am I going to invite this year? Who am I going to invite? Who am I going to tell to come into Cherish City Community Church this year? All right, next thing is, second one is, I will help staff this church. You know, I'm going to flip it around, Andrea. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to do this one first, I will help fund this church. I don't want to leave off on the funding part, all right? I will help fund this church. She's probably ahead of me. Look, here's, where, here's it. If you want to have a bigger heart for Jesus in 2017, well, then you want to give more. It's just they're connected. This rouses people. It confuses them, but it shouldn't. Jesus said this over 2,000 years ago in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. also. He got it. Whatever you treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. Wherever you put your financial resources into, that's where your heart's going to be. Academics, material things, uh, and all, all good, by the way, all okay. But as a follower of Christ, according to what Christ commanded us, for us to fulfill this great commission, we want to put our treasures where the kingdom of God is. We want to fund this work of God. We want to fund this church in an incredible way. Now, I get this. I'm talking to the choir here, man. You give so much. You do so much. Off the top of my head, and I, sh- I should be careful here, but I think last year, you wound up giving nearly $200,000. That's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Look at you. Yeah, in a movie theater. People coming together in a movie theater on a Sunday morning were able to give that much. That's, that's, th- that's the tithes, the offerings, the building, that's everything coming together. We've raised some more money apart from that, from outside. Look, look, and look what you've done. Why do you think we were in a position to take advantage of the building? Huh? Because of your giving, right? Because of your funding God's work. And giving and tithing, tithing, giving 10%, giving a chunk of your income. Give something meaningful. Whatever it is, give something meaningful that your heart is connected to God. So again, I said in the beginning, I'm going to give you things that when you follow them, are going to enable you to turn around and really change. Meaning that you got this change feeling going on. you got this change sense going on. You want to change. You know that. You've tried. But when you put these things in place, they enable you to stick. They enable you to hold, they, they guide you. They're like these barriers, guardrails, that keep you going. And giving is one of them. huh? And you're giving enthusiastically and gladly. We don't turn around and distort this here at the church. We don't. And we're going to do the same thing when we go in. It's going to be a, a, a really proper way of doing this, in a way that honors God but encourages you. I, it's unlikely to see somebody who's following Christ with all their heart, soul, and mind, and not it's showing up somewhere in their calendar and in a checkbook. It's just, like, it's just the truth, it's what I've seen. I wouldn't tell it to you unless I believed it with all my heart. Look how far we have come. We came in here five and a half years ago. We had one cord, one mic, and one thing. Eight months ago, not even, June, ending of June, we bought this building. It's a gymnasium. I walked in and I'm like, Christy looks at me like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? How are you going to do this? I'm like, we're going to do it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give people a vision. God has brought the right people. They're going to do this. We're ready for this. God has brought us this building. They're ready for it. I can see it in their generosity. I can see it in their heart to serve. We're going to do this. Look at what you've done. That's where your stage is going to be. That's the rear. So much has happened there. So much work has been accomplished. Time, money, it's just been an incredible thing. People walk in there and they're just astounded at what's happening and what we've done. And when you look at it on paper, it's, it really is astonishing. With how much we've gotten, with how much that's been given, it's been a beautiful thing to see. It's been a beautiful work of God. We were able to take advantage of all those ops, and I used the word opportunity, and you see why now. That's an opportunity, right? Yep. I said we have an opportunity to do something, and we're doing it, and that's going to lead to another opportunity. Opportunity doesn't knock. Who told you that? It never knocks, it comes and it goes. If you're not ready for it, well, it's just going to pass you by. If you're young, if you're considering life, please know opportunity doesn't knock. Matter of fact, by the decisions you make on who you want to be and to the extent that I believe you trust in God with all your heart, soul and mind that will dictate the opportunities that come into your life meaning you make your own opportunities is what I'm telling you I assure you and I could just preach on that for hours it takes money to do ministry to do great ministry and we want it we you know I don't like doing anything that I'll be embarrassed about I want it to be good food why because people like good food Right? I do. I'm Italian. I mean, that's like, uh, okay, so it might not be a sin in your culture to have bad food, and just in mine, but I want to do things well. When we do Christmas Tide, come on, when you walk in there, it's awesome, right? People are like blown away because we do it well. When we do the events out there, and when we first started them, I sound arrogant again to our visitors. I'm, I'm usually, well, whatever. But. You know, they had those little, you know, take a plastic pool, and, and really, I don't mean to insult anybody, hang in there with me, I'm just tearing you my heart, they had a plastic pool, you, the kiddie pools, and you filled them up with water, and you, you got a little fishing pole with a magnet. It's like, what the heck is that? We went out and got these, like, 25-foot bounce house and blasted the thing, right? Like, whoa, you know? We did it right, and they went from having, like, 20, 30 people walking in and out of there and like 40 bucks coming in to like 1,500 people pouring through and like $3,000 coming in, right? We don't even pay for it anymore, we break even. But it took money to do that, and that created opportunities. We went from the Bank of America parking lot to a whole block, right? It cost us $1,200, 1300 1400 and now we break even. It's up and, now, and, and that led to another opportunity called that building, right? Man, that was quick. Way to go. That's not even on my notes. I'm impressed. <laughs> Keep that up for the rest of the year. My point is that one art leads to another. All right. So this year, as you connect to God, as you fulfill His mission for His church, which is critical to seeing you sustain how you want to change and where you're going, be committed this year to give to Jesus Christ and His church, huh? His bride here on earth. All right, last, and we'll try and push this through as we go towards closing. I want to help staff this church. What does that mean? Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. i got a question for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, do you come to church to be served or to serve? It's a big deal, man. When you come to church, are you looking to serve or be served? Because it is, has a huge effect on how you see the church and a huge effect on the extent that you're going to change and if that change is going to stay, huh? Jesus said he came to serve. Jesus said, Jesus says to his followers, "If you follow me, you're coming to serve. When you staff the local church, you're volunteering, you're helping out. Things happen. We are cra- people in the community cannot believe our volunteer mass. they cannot. Those bounce house things, 48 people have to, have to volunteer. 45 to 50 people have to volunteer just to make that event go. Christmas tide. 40 to 50 people. People are just amazed at our ability to mobilize volunteers and get them in place. That's who we are. I'm talking to the choir, but I want to I re-emphasize that. Like, oh, we're going to get a building. We're not going to have to. No, we're going to volunteer more. We're going to give more. We're going to serve more. We're going to help people more. We're going to be more culture. We're going to be louder. It's all more. There's no getting comfortable here. There's no pulling back. Oh, now we're going to have a church. We'll be be like a church. We're not going to be like those churches. We're going to be this on steroids. I mean that. (laughs) And I will learn to talk appropriately and consistently and on topic. I promise you. I'll do my part. You do your part, all right? God, when we volunteer and serve, we're, we're meeting others in this unique environment. We're, we're kind of, we got this common purpose. If you study mental health, um, you, you get it how much it means for people to be involved with others in something and, and to have a common purpose. That's such a big plus. And that's what we're about. That's what Jesus scripted for us to come together. In commonality, for a great purpose, one above ourselves, one that really just will drain all that crap, oh, there you go, from us, you know, that distracts us and hinders us and we're focusing on. And instead, when we come together for a great reason, something great in ourselves, it just it lifts us up, up past that stuff. So we're glancing at our issues and our problems and our dysfunctions, and we are gazing at God and what he can do in our, in our lives. You got that? That's why when that new building, we got a almost a thousand square foot room. We're calling it the hub. It's all about this, that when you come in on a Sunday morning, we're coming into that room, coffee's firing up, things are going, music's playing, 40, 50 people in that room encouraging one another, praying together. This is what we're going to do today. This is how we're going to do today. We're going to change somebody's life today. We're going to interact with people. Keep your head up. Keep your heart out there. Let's go. Let's change lives. We are a team. We are called by God. This is why we're here this morning. I can't wait. Big screen TV, I might let you watch your Patriot games on that screen TV. <laughs> watch have to be yeah, you got me there, Nick. You got me there. you going to have a ton of fun in that room, you know? And it's going to say one thing, serve, baby. Serve. We are here to serve. That's what Christ did. Like no other faith, like no other, you know, script of life. We as followers of Christ are called to serve others and consider others before ourselves, right? When people come in there, they're going to get that. They are going to get that, all right? So uh, why don't you stand with me? Worship team, why don't you come down and we will get out of here. That's how this building played out, huh? We were serving others. For some of you who don't know that, who are in here today, it was people in the community who brought this building to us. They contacted us. Some of them don't even believe in God. And they said, you know what, we want you to have this building. And they advocated that we would get it for the price we did. which was well below the value that it was worth. They advocated on our behalf. Why? Because we had served them. Yeah. Because we had considered them before us. Right? Yeah. But we're here we are trying to you know, have church. We're putting money into them instead of ourselves. Right? Because that's what Jesus did. He was incarnate. He came and he walked amongst the people. Jesus was attraction. He was incarnate. He was missional. He drew people to him. He interacted with the culture. And he walked amongst them. And he changed lives. And he brought the people who were around him closer together, and they lived for one another. That's what we want to do as a church. That's what this message is telling you, to live this way. When you do that, we find God's church. We find what Jesus intended it to be. Huh? That's what church was intended to be, something that is so impressive, something that's life-changing, something that people will get up early in the morning and run to. Huh? Like, I want to be a part of this. I don't want to miss. Something's going to happen in there this morning, and I want to be a part of it. That's how I walk through these doors. I know our lives. You know how I know a life's going to be changed? Because I look at this one over here. I look at Bob, I look at Matt, I look at Lynn, I look at this one, I look at Andrew. Look at all these people that are here whose lives that were changed. Over half of us here are are people like that, right? And that's so cool. Look what happened in their marriage. I mean, they hated each other. Not Ron and Andrew. They're okay. (laughs) Man, they were doing such, look at them today. They're affectionate. They're talking. The kid is calmer. That's what we want. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do it in a great way. You know? We commit to doing this, to trusting in God, to believing that it's all about that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. We will be fulfilled. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, and his work continues through us. Huh? May God be glorified in everything we do. Amen.